Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, we actually have a truncated edition. We will be slightly abbreviated today because we're off at around 640 because we got Texas baseball. That's right, Texas baseball. The pregame starting up for you at 645. Take it on Stanford. That's right. Uh, win or go home. We'll break it all down for you. We got man Harbaugh to help us do that. Also, we'll preview NBA Finals Game 5. Speaking of, uh, maybe win or go home. In this situation, it looks like the Denver Nuggets may be celebrating their first championship on their home floor. We'll talk about it and break it down. Also, we have anonymous coaches in the Big 12 talking about Texas football. We'll review that in the 4 o'clock. Go behind the burnt orange curtain. Also talk about pro football focus really high on the Texas offensive line. We'll get into that. And the reviews, rave reviews about Quinn Ewers offseason continue. We'll also talk some NFL and talk Dallas Cowboys. Do they have the best secondary in all of the NFL? We'll break it down. All of that and more before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres. He had to pursue his cheese, his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. He is Mike hardball Harge, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, brother? Man, I am excited. It is... Uh possible series ending for one of these teams both ways in baseball and basketball basketball is hoping to go another day but uh baseball there is no tomorrow we have to go for it and make it happen but let me talk about my man who sits across from me every day he hails from h-town with the get down he's a lifetime longhorn and a proud card carrying member of dbu legendary lifetime and now College Football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate that intro as always. That's not to waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We're pretty damn sure that this man is underpaid. It's Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? How are you, brother? Hey, man, you know how we always joke that Harge knows everybody? Yeah. So we're watching the women Yama in the finals game before before the show. Oh, oh my God. This dude knows one of women Yama's teammates. What in the what in the European League? And the fin- the finals in the in the whatever, whatever French the league, league that he's, he's in. in. Yeah. yeah he, he when he's watching the game with me and he's like, Hey man, is that Thomas that I mean, I know I play with his dad. I'm like, is that Tayshawn Thomas right there? I've been wondering what team he's been on. Wow. Yeah, he's another Tayshawn Thomas. That's right, two five four boy. Okay, yeah, right. he, yeah, he did. I mean, he is two five four boy. He uh, played at Colleen High School. Okay, yeah. Who did come from the two five four? Hey, point? it's amazing how it many athletes like, come out of there, right? It's I amazing. Mean, Senators, <laughs> we've got we got a road named after a councilman. I mean, we got it all, man. <laughs> wow. K-Town, it expands. Don't forget, it's a military town, so people come in and out. I'm blaming Patrick. <laughs> Gave you an easy softball. Hey, to shout Patrick out to was sitting with me. We were watching a game in France, and he's like, yeah, I got one. I got no one. He yeah. do know every damn body, and every damn body he knows is from the 254. Hey, man, sometimes <laughs> you got to make sure you know your people. And that he know everybody. He, everybody he knows is from the 254, and he believes that basically everybody is from the 254. Hey. That's your ch- check that check their uh, area code. 
Check them. Check them. <laughs> oh, man. That's wild. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm not surprised, though. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I, every time I'm hanging out with Harge, he end up knowing some random person walking through. And I'm like, how do you know that person? <laughs> He's like, oh, man, we used to work together. And I was like, all right. You know what? That, that usually I don't even listen for the rest of the story. <laughs> like I said, Harge just knows every damn body. Uh, you can need to know Harge, too. You can do it on uh, the in the Twitterverse. He's at Hardball Harge in the, in the Twitterverse. Uh, Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers. Also, you have the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. That is the number to the Specs text line. Uh, we'll get into the NBA finals here, but hard just uh, kind of a preliminary discussion. We'll break down Texas baseball and preview their matchup versus Stanford next segment. What are your thoughts about a weekend went down for Texas baseball? Well, this is another one of those conversations we were having, but we were a bad play in right field from being done. Um, but you went back there, they battled, they went all the way through it, and we'll talk a little bit about, more about it here in 3.30. But um, that pitcher yesterday, Ooh. that's big league stuff right there. Was it Quinn Matthews? Quinn Matthews. Wow. Big Big league stuff. And what I mean by that is because he had command of every single one of his pitches. Yeah, that was crazy. That, that is rare. And I said it early in the game. We had just got back home, and the game was getting ready to start. And I saw him throw his first uh, couple change-ups. And I was like, if he can keep that right there, he can throw the entire game mm. off of fastball and change-ups. <laughs> because his fastball was 93 and his change-up was 80. That's a big difference, and it mm-hmm. looks the exact same. I ain't even get into a slider. I've seen guys that have had that type of downward um, motion, but the way he pitched yesterday, it was going to be tough for everybody, no matter who it was. I don't care which team – other than Texas would have been at the plate, they would have had a tough time because of the effectiveness that he had with his changeup. Yeah, no doubt. He's got, what, four different pitches? Yes. And pitches them all really, really well. And they all look the same. Remember how I was always (laughs) telling you, I was like, you know, the slider for me looks so much like a fastball. The changeup, I would be able to adjust to it. But the slider was a pitch that looked so much, especially righty on righty, mm. just like lefty on lefty, however you want to go about it. But he had so much movement on that pitch that it was it looked all the same. And the release point, if you go back and watch the game, you will see the release point is the same. So it was, he wasn't giving anything away. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to pick up Tipping certain pitches. things. Yeah. yeah, like how could yeah. – if I was in there, how would I help these guys? Mm-hmm. All I would do would pray for them. That's, all I, that's the only way I would help them. I would have to pray for them. That is helping them. Yeah. <laughs> that would be it. Yeah, guys, buckle it up. Let's go. Uh, we're definitely seeing that way, and that was an unbelievable effort. Uh, you know, 156 pitches. Yeah, 100 and, 103 of them were strikes, though. <laughs> that's the difference. That's what I'm saying. Like some guys, they throw a lot of pitches and they're having a tough time wow. throwing strikes. That's why they're having so many pitches. Like LeBaron wow. Johnson yesterday, LeBaron couldn't. He was missing low, which was great. You don't want to miss up because then they'll start driving the ball they all out of the park of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but he was missing down, and I'm like, man, I need a little. Come on, man, raise it up just a little bit, hmm. just a little bit. But it was a it was a tough game yesterday. But I, I really enjoyed both of these games. Uh, now it's winner take all. This is this is what it's all about right here. This is what you come to the University of Texas for. This is why you go to Stanford. Mm-hmm. You know, the tradition of these these uh universities is like no other. So this is what it's all about. And what better way than coming down to a winner take all game to go to to Omaha. Yeah. 
No, I'm with you on that. It's gonna be it's gonna be great drama. Hopefully, it's drama that ends up with a Longhorn dub uh, to send them on to the College World Series. But we'll get into that and break it down in more detail coming up next segment. Gentlemen, let's get into the NBA Finals. Uh, It seems like the fat lady ain't sung officially yet, but she's definitely warming up. She's getting ready. She's put on her best dress. Uh, she put the wings down. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She put on. She's looking good. Got the makeup on. All right. She's a BBW. Her um, her she, glam crew showed up. Yeah. Her glam uh, crew showed yes. up. Yes. So uh, this fat lady tonight, I think she's ready to sing in Denver. Uh, they won Game Four, one hundred eight ninety five. This is two of the uh, kind of standout uh, nuggets and stats that stood out to me from Game Four. Um, now, <clears throat> obviously, previewing Game Five, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray were held to their series low combined points <laughs> in Game Four, thirty-eight points. And I, I, you know, you can almost hear Spolstra like, "Hey, man, we got to take these guys out of the game. All right, you got to. Mm-hmm. One is the heart and soul, and one is the head of the snake. We got to cut them both out." All right, we can't have either one of them. And then, <laughs> and when they do, they, I mean, defensively, they did a, a decent job of being able to neutralize both of those threats. You're talking about the best player on the planet and Jamal Murray right now, who's playing at an all NBA level. Um, and then Aaron Gordon goes off. Yes, sir. 27 points, mm-hmm. seven rebounds, six assists. Uh, Bruce Brown goes off. He gets 21 points, 11 of them in the fourth quarter. This was actually when Denver showed you exactly why they are the best basketball team right now on the planet. Because even when their, you know, Batman and Robin <clears throat> gave you the lowest point total of the series so far, other guys stepped up and they still ended up with a commanding win. And actually in Jokic, I think the epitome of this is Jokic getting in foul trouble. All right, he get the five fouls with the uh, Bam flop, the Bam uh, at a bio flop, get some five fouls. Nuggets have a ten point lead when Jokic uh, ends up going to the bench, and and he sprained his ankle early in the game too. Yes, yes, yep, sir. Yep. Uh, but just just yeah, and just showing you the depth exactly. That other guy step up mm-hmm. uh, when Jokic comes back in the game uh, in the it, late in the game. They still were up nine points, so they didn't give up anything at all. No, with Jokic on the uh, on the bench. So this Denver team, and by the way, also a Denver team that was uh, they were a you know a team that was under five hundred on the road in the regular season, um, and then they lost three of their first. Four road games, even in the playoffs. You were talking about it. You kept yeah. saying the guys; they're not a really good they road team, right? They right? Right? They have been. They've won five straight road games for the first time all season long. Yep. And they did it in the playoffs. They did it in the playoffs, Crazy. and that's the impressive part about it. And to your point, you know, you look at what Aaron Gordon was able to do. Uh, he was plus twenty nine in plus mm-hmm. minus. That's the most effectiveness that I've seen this season by any of those players. But not only that, you got help from Michael Porter Jr. Yes, he didn't have one of his best uh, nights. He was 4 of 10 from the field and 0 of 3 from three-point land. But he still had 11 points. His plus-minus was uh, plus 13. And then Bruce Brown, he came out ready to play. And some of these guys, and this is what we've been talking about, some of these guys have been the underdogs. We talked about the non-draft picks for the undrafted players for Miami. We don't talk about these underrated type of players. Bruce Brown thinks he's a number one guard. 
He thinks he should be mm-hmm. starting somewhere, and he's going to make a lot of money this year because people have got an opportunity to see him. And then we talk about the veteran leadership of a, of a Jeff Green, talking to those guys, making them believe that this may be your only opportunity. Close it out. Go get it and play effectively. You look at what the, the Heat was able to do, those other two guys that we've been talking about, Vincent and Struess, they have given them absolutely nothing, yet they are staying in the starting lineup. And the minutes definitely need to come down a little bit, but they played 18 and 18 minutes. Kevin Love started and got 18 minutes. Duncan Robinson, Kyle, Rob, uh, uh, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, and Caleb Martin. They had great. They had pretty good games, but they weren't those guys that at the crunch time they were not closing the gap. When you bring in, you talked about it. When Joker was out, those guys they didn't close the gap. No, at all. What was it? You said one point differential. They had ten, and they came back with nine. It was nine. Yeah, when he came back in. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Knowing your role and playing it is the best part about this all. And they've been playing their role. The role players for. Denver has been playing better than the role players for the Heat, period. Yeah, and we saw it's like if you want to try and stop Jokic and Jamal Murray, you have to rotate and switch off and help off of other guys. Mm -hmm. And we've said it's going to be Aaron Gordon that you're going to help off on a lot because he is a guy that offensively has struggled throughout the season at points. So if you're going to say, well, Michael Porter Jr. we know can score, and we know Contavious Caldwell-Pope can hit threes, so we don't want to leave either one of them. Aaron Gordon's the worst shooter. And he just took it to a different level in that game. And if you're saying that's the fifth option on offense and he's going to be the leading scorer now because we, we have to help off somebody and he's going to do it, uh, what, what do we we don't stand that chance because that's how we were beating Boston was Miami was doing that. When it was, all right, you want to help over on Jimmy, well, guess what? Max Struess is going to put up 20 on you and, and Gabe Vincent will put up 20 on you and, and Caleb Martin will put up 20 on you. And now with all those guys cooling off, you basically have a Duncan Robinson who is trying to go into hero mode and trying to, mm-hmm. and you just watch him play now, and he is just taking bad shots and just trying to get because yeah, he's not being guarded heavily. They're they're staying over trying to make sure Jimmy Butler doesn't go off, but they, they'll take that all day. If you're going to come out and not play smart basketball and just think that you're going to need to save the game constantly, that that's a good way to let it get out of hand. And I think that's what happened in Miami is they were basically in the game and then they started to feel it slip away and instead of really buckling down on defense and trying to get smart shots they just try to take crazy threes to get back into it and it just let it open wide up yeah no it's uh, and you know Jamal Murray uh, his game in the playoffs has been i mean it, it really has kind of transformed <laughs> yeah. uh, right before our very eyes they you know they did a, they basically cuz you know Patrick brought up the game plan the counter for uh, Denver was to let Jamal Murray handle the rock more. Let's start off with him, feed him more, uh, let him get in the groove earlier in the game. Uh, that worked out uh, really well in game three. So in game four, they wanted to blitz him, try to take the ball out of his hands, or at least force him to be a distributor, take away his way to get to the rim and take away, you know, obviously high percentage shots for him. He had 15 points, but it's 12 assists and zero turnovers. This is a great stat. He said prior to this series, Jamal Murray had double-digit assists in just 14 of his 458 career games. That's that's a little over 3%. That's regular season and playoffs. And only once did he have double-digit assists in consecutive games. And he's had at least 10 assists in all four games of the finals. 
and recorded 12 uh, in game four. He's, I mean, he, this you goes want, back to you what you turn him into a distributor. He yeah, can do that exactly. And be, be elite at it. And something that, the Celtics really couldn't do against Boston. Thank when you. They turned, when they took the, took that to that element away, the scoring element, they couldn't contribute offensively to the flow of the offense with being, their ability to distribute. That's the thing that I've been talking about the entire time. The unselfishness. There, that when you play team basketball, and it's not about me, it's about we. That is how this team has been playing. That's why I believe Mike, Mal- excuse me, Michael Malone <laughs> deserves more credit because even in success, he is pointing out flaws. He has been on them religiously about making sure that they finish the job and do the things that help you win. Everybody's gotten their points. Everybody's had their shine. But you said it the other day, and I know Patrick has talked about it, when do we start putting Joker in that that upper echelon of stars? You do it when you win a championship. Mm-hmm. And this is what Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is another guy that is being looked at if he would have been healthy. Don't forget he was out, I think, what, almost two seasons. He didn't play at all last year. And now he's back to where he's starting to feel comfortable and he understands, hey, man, I'm just dialed in. I work on my game. I practice. I, I want to see everybody else shine, and that is what they're doing. But I'm not counting the, 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 the heat out. I'm not counting them out. Mm. But <laughs> they're searching for some oxygen because mm. they're back in Denver right now, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, listen, I, 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 I was rooting for the heat because I wanted I you the were. heat to make it competitive. You guys said gentleman sweep. I'm thinking, oh, I gotta, that would be boring <laughs> to watch, a gentleman sweep. And it wasn't boring. There were plenty of storylines to go yep. out there. Yep. But eh, even right now, I'll lean toward you guys hitting it on the money. Gentleman sweep. I just don't see Miami having anything to fight for. Even if they can extend this thing to six, which would be remarkable, they they're still gonna lose. This if, they, if they extend it, if they extend it to six, does that bring that would, a bit of be hope? Impressive. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Do does the momentum? You know, everybody talk. Oh, oh, oh momentum swinging. I'm like, mm. it's one game. No, nah, it wouldn't. It be. Wouldn't be <laughs> It'd be just Denver feeling way too good about themselves right. and them expecting to win, and then they would have to get that smack in the face. And you know, Michael Malone. Yeah. Um, he will smack he, him in the yeah, face. He won't, he won't stand for it. He won't stand for it. He will smack him in the face. Getting a little too uh, too high on themselves. So, yeah. Or, or it's even if Miami wins by shooting lights out threes, You're like well, it's not sustainable. Yep. We've seen that shooting lights out threes is not sustainable for you in this finals. So even if you shoot a fifty percent for three point game, and t- uh, Tyler Hero comes back and he he shoots lights out, and you go, oh, that's great. I don't think you're gonna do it in, in the next game. I don't think you're gonna re- do it in Game Six. I know, and they kept they they did it. Kept doing that early in the playoffs against Boston and against the 76ers. They just you're right. They have cooled off considerably from three point range. I believe in this game they were eight of twenty five. Yeah, they were abysmal. Yeah, from and that's range. and it's gave Vincent, Max Struess, and and Caleb Martin all look like deer in the headlights right now. That they're just it's not falling. And it was feeling so good throughout this whole playoffs for them that now when they're on the biggest stage and missing, they just look befuddled. They're like, I'm doing the same thing. You're like, yeah, you're just tired. Yeah. You just have never played this far into a season. You've never had to play these types of minutes. You've never played against this level of talent for this much where everything's on the line. And you're mentally and physically just completely spent. And all it takes is a little tweak in that knee to be different. 
for it to bounce off the rim versus going in. And it might have been one of the toughest roads to the finals in the history of the NBA. Yep. So you not only took you like the farthest they've ever gotten a lot of these guys, but man, just trying to the play coming from the play in game. Yeah. Uh, for the play-in position. That's a lot of games in minutes. That's a lot of games. And, and just think, a lot of games. man, if you could have closed out Boston with the sweep, yeah, you may have had a little oh, bit more legs. You would have had. You definitely would have had legs. But you, you couldn't close out Boston. And they take three games from you. Yep. And basically make a finals run just that much harder. And you lost two in a row at home, and to, in, in the. In the, what the end of that series, toward the end, mm-hmm. yeah, you lost. Two, you just lost two in a row versus Denver. You yep. can't even win at home right now. You lost yeah. four playoff games in a row at home. How often does that happen? And convincingly yeah. like how lost. Like you got yeah. beat. I don't know how often I've seen that. Yeah, in, you got in the modern beat. playoffs. No, no, because yeah, you normally if you lose two playoff games at home, you don't <laughs> win the series. Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. advance yeah. the next series. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it, it, it probably was historic, uh, but. Yeah, it just looks like they're done, guys. And we haven't seen the Jimmy has not been bad. Jimmy Buller has not been bad at all. But they needed extraordinary, you know, out of this world, superhuman Jimmy Butler. Um, and they haven't gotten that. And I think it's also because, you know, he, well, I think Spolster said we are him and he is us. Yeah, he yeah. is tired and so yeah. are they are too. Yeah, 25, <laughs> 7, and 7 shooting. And it's like 50%, it's but it's, 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 good. Like, it's a good lineup. If you're the second best player on your team, that's fine. If yep. you're the best, there's going to be a problem. But yeah. the problem is they're not going to let him be Hemi like that. They're, I, no. I don't see that happening. No. I don't see that type of performance. There was a stat that just came up talking about he scores 28.6 points in, in closeout game, not closeout game, but elimination games. Mm. So let's see. I don't think – that's great. Go score your 28, but what are the people around you going to do and how are you going to stop that other team? And let's remember, we haven't seen Hemi in eight games. It has been eight him, games since him we have seen him. He is tired. <laughs> it is it, after game three. They win game three against the Celtics. He then shifts to Denver and has not been the same player since. Yeah, he's been he's been trending the wrong way for Miami Heat for a while now, and um, and you you'll get a good fight in this game because this team is all heart, all dog, as we know. So it's going to be. Is there a fight in the second half? They, there will be a fight, fight in the first half for sure. Yeah, but in the second half. If it goes the same route it has gone in three of these four four games, does it just go to yeah uh, that is our number? They what well, they just can't score with them. And then it's Duncan Robinson taking three pointers where he's leaning, jumping to the side, and everyone's trying to be the to save the game. And Tyler Hero's going to try and come in and play. Like at what point do you get to that point in the game and it just kind of all starts to fall apart for you in that second half? Because I don't know how you down three one on the road. Not being able to breathe, and you just go. Now let's get that extra fight out and and losing Miami. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. They just have no way to stop right. the bleeding. That usually their way to stop the bleeding is their defense. They would just stop the other team from scoring in the playoffs, and they their three point shooting was extremely hot. But man, when they can't score in this series, there's nobody that can like ignite the offense because they've lost that really hot uh, shooting from outside and defensively, they're. Their elite defense, which they're one of the better defenses in the NBA, it's just like the Lakers, by the way. The Lakers are the best defense in the playoffs. It has no effect on the Denver Nuggets. Right. Like, right. They, the Denver Nuggets, they are inefficient when they are out of rhythm and they're not in the flow of the offense. It seems to be more on them and not the effect that the Miami Heat are having on them lately. So, uh, yeah, looks like it will be a, could be a championship celebration tonight. First Ooh. ever. For Denver Nuggets. What do you think is going to be going down in, oh, in Denver? They're going to be getting high as a kite. 
Ooh. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna smell. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna, smell it's gonna, like that's that gonna have city. an aroma oh. in the city. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. They uh, are ready too. Good for them, man. They <laughs> they deserve it. Uh, it's 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 good to get new championship blood and DNA into the NBA. No doubt. Because the NBA has been an aristocracy for the most part with the same teams winning over and over again and they get a lot of uh, you know dynasties in the NBA. It's good to have some new blood. And yeah. who knows? We may be on the, on the precipice and You know Denver's feeling good when there's a Space Jam reference in the, the postgame. Oh, that man. Aaron Gordon told uh, Michael Porter Jr., well, you're playing okay right now and when we get your powers back from the Monstars, you'll be really good. <laughs> <laughs> See? You having inside jokes and everything. Yeah, that's now, how it's man. supposed to be, man. They, we ain't worried about y'all. We trying to beat up on each other yeah, in here. That's the best time. Yeah, and no, hey, they are they are playing like it too, man. And uh, it is their coming out point. Everybody's now starting to figure out how good this Denver Nuggets squad is. All mm-hmm. right, we come back. Let's see how good this Texas baseball squad is. We'll discuss their game three winner go home situation they got coming up versus the Stanford Cardinal. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One for another one. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick uh, plays jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend, recovering from a tough weekend. Um, Well, Texas baseball, yeah, it was the uh, best of times and the worst of times. Best of times was that game one thriller when they were essentially outplayed for eight innings. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And in the ninth inning, they decided, you know, well, they basically Stanford, which is something that's uncharacteristic of Stanford, beat themselves. Correct. In that ninth inning, uh, Texas scored five runs. They had one hit, and it was like a hit batter and four walks. Um, Catcher's interference. We had all kinds of stuff all going on in stuff. this game. Hey, yeah. the, ba- the baseball guys wanted Texas <laughs> yeah. to, to get another shot there to get that dub, and this is certainly what happened. That was uh, a it was actually first. I got this little stat. Texas uh, pulled off the first final frame comeback in the NCAA tournament since 2009. Yeah, the 2009 win versus Army. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And they were talking about, it and a bunch of my buddies were you know texting back and forth during this time, and kept saying, Coach Gus once said something. <clears throat> Something to the effect that if you're down a bunch of runs in the ninth, you probably aren't going to be able to string enough hits together to win it by yourself. The only way you can win such a game is for the other team to give you some base runners by walks, hit by pitch, or by errors. In order for that to happen, you got to work and be enabling the pitcher to throw strikes because most of the time, the pitchers are trying to get you to swing and chase pitches. That is the hardest thing at the plate that – I've talked about numerous times is you get so excited to get to the plate that you think, but you're never going to hit a seven run home run. You're Mm. never going to hit that number that you are needing. So in order for you to chase runs, put pressure on them by making them throw enough pitches because they're again, we're not that smart at the plate. They're not that smart on the mound sometimes and they overthink it. Get ahead. That's why we always talk about first pitch strikes. First pitch strikes, because then you can pitch off of that. 
And if you don't do that, boom, that's what's going to cause a lot of problems. And for them to come back and be able to do what they were what they were able to do on on Friday or Saturday night, you thought it would lead into Sunday to where it would be like, okay, guys, we just hit them in the face. We're not even supposed to be at this point. Let's go steal this game right here and head to Omaha. So then they go out yesterday, and they face a a uh, mm. Tom Glavin starter kit Ooh. by being able to pitch on both sides of the plate. And I know a lot of people were complaining. I've been hearing all that stuff about, about the, sh- ump, the strike, strike zone. zone. I'm yeah. not worried about that, man, because both, both teams are on that strike zone. Mm-hmm. Both teams are playing on the same field. And, yes, you might miss a pitch here or there. There might be certain plays. But early in the game, we weren't even putting the ball in play. I saw this stat today, too. The Texas top of the lineup is three for 30, and that goes with JT going one for nine, Justin Thomas, uh, Peyton Powell, two for eight, Dylan Campbell, 0 for five, and G-Wagon, Garrett Gilmet, 0 for eight. Mm-hmm. Those, at the top of your lineup, you those are your table setters. When they're going well, the team is going well. When they're not going well, it's hard for you to scratch runs across. And so that is going to be the biggest challenge today is everybody's talking about our pitching staff versus their pitching staff. No, it's the top of the lineups for both teams because even their main guy, Tommy, Tommy Troy, he's not on fire. He's not letting, lighting the world on fire, and he's one of the better players. He's mm-hmm. going to be a top-ten pick. He's one for, what, nine in this series? Uh. So, I mean, the top of the lineups are struggling, so when you're pitching – is struggling like it was a little bit yesterday, and you're going against a guy that is throwing that many strikes, and I'm talking about in and out, up and down, change up, dealing. Yeah, you're, know, you, you could go up there, and I'm like, y'all got to sit. Y'all have to sit, change up. You have to. He's going to throw it. I know it sucks because you're like, I don't want to miss that fastball. But if you sit on that change up and start spraying him all over the field, you saw – uh, Mitchell Daly go to right center field. You saw a couple of guys come up and get some pitches that they can handle, but it's you're not stringing those along. You mm. need to get the top of the order going tonight. That's going to be huge. Yeah, that's interesting uh, what you brought up about earlier about the uh, the first pitch strikes because mm-hmm. Quinn Matthews he was big for, yeah. for first pitch strikes. I think on 22 of 36 batters he had a first pitch strike. So That's what I'm you saying. Set the tone. You with, do that. You go up there. You're like, oh god. Stay ahead, ahead all the time. Or, Especially when you're struggling and everything comes up. You always go, ah, I'm already 0 and 2 yeah, when yeah, I step yeah. in the batter's <laughs> box. It's like, man, this guy is on it today. And then you know we had guys trying to drag bunt to get him out of his rhythm to create uh, runners, but couldn't even create runners in that situation. So it's a lot to unpack. And the good thing about it is flushed. They got another opportunity. Mm-hmm. They know what it's about. They've been here before. Matter of fact, they were just in this situation last year against East Carolina. Yeah. And that's when Dylan Campbell had that big home run and things started to change for the team. And then they got a chance to go to Omaha. So we're right back in this situation before. And I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. The, the winner of this game will be the only team from last year's World Series that is returning. This is the only team. One of these two will be the only well, team. It's a new crop mm. that is in uh, Omaha. That is uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and if let me ask you this about um, about Stanford, yep. uh, about who they have on the mound as opposed to who Texas has on the mound in Game Three, because 
hopefully they ain't got nothing that's like a Quinn Matthews because that's crazy. Because no, I, I read the stat <laughs> about this dude, the 156 pitches that he threw gives him a, gave him a total of 336 pitches thrown in a 10 day span. Yeah, what? he's he's left handed, man. Some that lefties oh, get out there, yeah, and he's a, really though? he's gonna be he's a he's gonna be a high draft pick too. Wow. He's gonna get yeah. drafted pretty so, high. As my man Craig, I mean not Craig Way, my man uh, Greg Swindell would say, I call that a Friday night. Whoa, because he used to throw 150. Remember, Kirk Dressendorfer Ooh. threw a lot. I just told you the other day about our man Brooks uh, Kieschnick throwing 172 I think it was. pitches yeah. in a game. When when yeah. you got it going. You're not prying that ball out of those pitchers' hands and in that situation because my man knew if I come out and we lose, I'm done yeah. at Stanford. So I want another opportunity. This is my last time. He said if he needed to go out there and get three three outs, he can go out there and do it for him tonight. But I, then we will have a bigger problem man, that if they go out there and say that. that and again, people, it's funny because I heard Chad and Zay talking about the tennis and how women's sports, you know, they in women's sports you play two out of three. In men uh, tennis, you got to go, what is it, four out of five, three out of five. You got to win three matches out of five. Mm. Same thing in softball. Nobody's saying nothing about all these softball pitchers that go out there and throw 300 pitches over the weekend. Nobody says a word. But when a, a pitcher goes out there and throws that many pitches, now obviously you want to be smart with it. Yeah. But if he's saying, I'm fine, let me go, let me go. And that was his opportunity. It's like you. I ain't coming out. I'm not That's rotating fair. plays. Yeah. You crazy? You're going to have to fight me. <laughs> and my man wanted to win. Yeah. So I, I understand how I we're it. in that world they now. Had, they just had a, a breakdown to collapse exactly. in game one. It's exactly. Like, no, 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 no. We just had a collapse in game one. No, you ain't putting nobody in the closest. Give out. me I the ball. It. I got yeah. us. I got us. And we'll just deal with everybody talking trash. I, it's my arm. I'll do what I want to do. You know, because if he was really like in that situation where it was dire straits, it's like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Where the arm did look un- it looked unaffected late yeah. in, the, in the game in the ninth then he still was dealing. So, yeah. uh, but give me the pitching matchup you think today for Texas think, um, and for Stanford if we know what that is. I think I need I need Tanner Witt to have probably his best outing so far. And what I mean by that, I don't want everybody thinking Tanner Witt's going to go out there and throw that many pitches because that'll never happen. My man yeah. is just coming off of Tommy John surgery. That young man was not. Yeah. So when he's coming out here and he's having his opportunity to pitch, I want him to do everything he can possibly do. But he has to get ahead. Remember what we were just talking about, first pitch strikes. The last couple times he's been a little amped up. He hadn't been as calm. He's been overthrowing a little bit, still trying to search mm-hmm. for the strike zone. But I feel that he's going to have a better opportunity. Now, we have to make sure, too, when you look at, at our staff, and I'm using our because of Texas, I'm looking at our staff and I'm saying, okay, who's the first one off the bench? Who's the first guy that you need? that can kind of stop the bleeding if there is such a thing. Mm. And that is the biggest thing for me. I I know we heard the name Zane Morehouse and what he's going to be able to do. He pitched well the other night. He was throwing straight gasoline right there. I was very impressed with what he was doing. But they were talking about Matt Scott being the pitcher. Now, he's, he's made 22 appearances, 12 of them he started, 66 innings, 56 hits, and they got a team batting average against him of 220. Mm-hmm. This, and he's right-handed. So that's the other part of it is, too. That's the other part. 
I need to see what's next for him. Is uh, Are they going to be able to make the adjustment from the lefty coming back to now the right-hander and being able to see the baseball? Also, time. Time of the, of the game, too. Mm. This, is, this is later. Last okay. night was, what, 8 o'clock? So we're going so, at 7 o'clock so tonight, so we've got to look and see what the shade shadows looked like. And yeah. stuff? Okay. we got to see what the, sh- the shadows look like. Right. I was hoping they were going to play at 3 o'clock today, to be quite honest Why with is you. that? Because I thought it would be a perfect time for them to be able to play. There would be no shadows. It would be mm. all sun, and you will see every single pitch. They also talked about one of their bullpen guys, uh, Braden Montgomery, number six. He's the four-hole hitter. He's the guy that's been dh and. Uh, the switch hitter, that's the guy that I told you can throw up to 98, 99 miles per hour. He's normally a right fielder, but he's also a dual dual uh, position player for Stanford. So he's another name that might be coming out of the bullpen as well. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm already a little nervous. It's already good. I hope the butterflies are butterflies and not the bubble guts. That's always a concern. But, uh, yeah, Texas in a win-or-go-home situation, Game 3 versus Stanford. Uh, Real quick, let me ask you about LBJ's performance in uh, Game 2 for Texas. Um, He had 97 pitches in those four and a little over four, I think it was a four and a third innings. Um, Seven hits allowed, four runs. Do we think that's based on the pitch, like the high pitch count from him? In I thought early? so. Remember okay. I told y'all on, on Friday, I said the biggest thing for me is like, what How are we recover? going to see? How's he going to recover? Yeah. And I thought he was fine. He still had good life on his pitches. He just wasn't spotting it. I thought he still had was good that, life. Was that ball placement? Ball placement, for okay. sure. Because he was missing down, which is outstanding. Yeah. Because most of the time, guys like to leave the ball up. And as I said, you get dinged around a little bit. But – his ball, he kept missing low. And I was like, man, he's he's holding on to it just a little bit too much. And it kept him in the game because when they did swing, they would pound it into the ground, get into some double plays, hit some weak ground balls. But he wasn't getting ahead early enough in the counts. And then when he did, he would always work it to a 3-2 count. And that's when you knew. It was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to have it this game. Yeah, man, got to have the stuff. Have stuff. Even Lucas Gordon was – uh, you know, a little little shaky. Yeah. Um so, five and two thirds. Yeah, he was yep. a, he was a little shaky and Texas found a way to shake that off and come up clutch, but uh, that's what it's all about in the postseason, man. You got your pitchers gotta have their best stuff. Hopefully that's the case for Texas on the mound today. No doubt. We'll talk some more about Texas baseball, of course. We'll do that in the six o'clock right before we give you up for Texas baseball with six forty five pregame right here on one oh four nine the horn. We got the flex on the other side. We'll get into the flex uh and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on one oh four nine the horn. I went to the hermit of a misty mountain Who lives in a cave above And I asked this wise old man Oh, Mr. Hermit Oh, what is love? He said, love is a boat that sails to heaven Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick plays jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. We'll get back to uh, some uh, sports conversation uh, when we get to uh, the 4 o'clock. We'll uh, top the 4 o'clock. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain. There is uh, an article. Every year there's an article usually from Athlon Sports as a part of their college football preview where they speak to anonymous coaches 
from around the conference, um, and they talked to coaches about different programs. So we'll uh, review what they said about Texas, the anonymous coaches, uh, speaking about Texas. Also, uh, Pro Football Focus helping rank the best returning offensive lines in college football. We'll review that, and also uh, more discussion. The rave reviews on Quinn Ewers. This time we have uh, some details. From Ann Roy Richardson, man. I like oh, this. come on. I like that Ann Roy Richardson report. It was, it, was a, it was a detail in there that people uh, were, <laughs> that the Twitterverse got a hold of, mm-hmm. we should say, um, that right now is kind of uh, dominating the conversation about the Quinn Ewers offseason. So we'll get to that coming up in the top of the 4 o'clock. Uh, let's get to the flex, flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Go check it out. Uh, up there you have the 7-on-7, uh, seven seven, the latest 7-on-7 seven seven information. Also, there's information about the baseball state championship. Speaking of, Harch. Yeah, it wasn't a good look for Coach, our folks across the street. So Coach Blair ain't coming back on? Uh, he would like to, <laughs> but it's going to be in a different capacity Very because fast. it will not be as a champion. Uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, on Friday night. By the way, I will give you this. Mm. The Westlake faithful. They definitely know how to party. Oh, we know that. They had it going on when I showed up to the Dell Diamond. The tailgates was going. It was outstanding. Mm -hmm. Big group of people. Huge. And if you went into the stadium, you saw that the third base side was full of Chaps Nation, Westlake Nation. They were all out there. But if you looked across the field, Uh you saw our guy, Ike. With his Pearland Oilers, as they came out there <laughs> to, Icky put, Ike yeah, Icky them. Ike was out there H-Town, representing, baby. and uh, once again they went out there and did the doggone thing. Great pitching matchup, and Pearland was just better. Every ball that they hit was had a little bit different sound than mm. what the ones that Westlake was hitting, and the balls were flying all over the place, but. Great season by them. They won 40 games. Uh, Pearland ended up losing in the championship game to Flower Mound. My man Danny Wallace, who used to be a coach at at Connolly, Pflugerville Connolly, Mm -hmm. and at Georgetown High School, went to Flower Mound, got his state championship. I saw him on Friday night. Couldn't be happier uh, for for him. Excuse me, for him. Great guy. And I'm proud of those guys. But great season for Westlake. It's over now. They had 23, I think 24 seniors, if I'm not mistaken. So they got a lot to replace on that team. But uh, what a great run for a lot of those kids. And a lot of those kids have played baseball together for a very, very long time. Yeah. uh, Got some two-sport athletes on there, too. So uh, some of those guys are done with all of their sports so far. Uh, And that's, uh, man, that's that's a nice run for them. But Paraland's community is just blowing up, too, though. It's got to be up there as one of the fastest-growing communities in Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my brother lives in Paraland. Paraland's been, they've been in some state titles now recently, or at least uh, competing in some state titles. So they're on on the come up. Uh, So nothing to be ashamed about. That's a good athletic department there uh, in Paraland, the Paraland Oilers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we'll get to uh, some other uh, flex news tomorrow, of course. we got, Remember, we got the Wednesday night flex, of course, too. Um, but uh, go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms, and you can go check out the latest on the flex. Can I read you guys a quote that I, that I thought was pretty cool? It's about high school sports, but not particularly the flex area. Um, there's uh, a, a quote from a... Uh, an English teacher, basically, in in I think out of out of New York of all places, actually, that quoted 
Um, but basically, she it's her own quote, but she was talking about high school education and compared it to football. And she, this is her quote. And it's honestly, I think it's it's pretty astute. Quote, football may be the best taught subject in American high schools because it may be the only subject that we haven't tried to make easy. Wow. I isn't like that, that. Isn't that profound? I like that. And I think I agree. <laughs> what do we I, always education say? Major. Simplify it. I mean, I really do. I think she's right about that. And it, no, I think that she was being critical. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm just looking at it like, oh, I think she might be right about that. Before. She's like, I no. think she's definitely right. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Interesting. All right. Anyway, um, I just want to throw that out there. All right. Uh, let's get back to uh, some uh, sports time. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain here and talk about anonymous coaches and what they have to say about the Longhorns. Speaking of the Longhorn football team, uh, Pro Football Focus ranked the offensive lines, and they are really high on the Texas O-line. We'll tell you how high on the other side. Uh, also, uh, talk about the rave reviews on Quinn Ewers. He's got something, apparently, that he didn't have last season. We'll tell you <laughs> what it is right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.